Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Day. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is the day we celebrate the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. He was victorious over sin, the sin nature, death, all the power of the enemy. Glory to God. And we come here to celebrate. Now, we celebrate every day, every Sunday. If you're a Christian, you should celebrate every day. Hallelujah. If you're a Christian, you can remember the filth and the sin of your past and remember, I'm not there anymore. Jesus has changed me. Praise God. Resurrection Day has come for me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we're going to, of course, we're going to be talking about the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and the power of what that means in your life. Praise the name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, I'm going to be speaking to you this morning. What does a resurrected Jesus 2,000 years ago have to do with you today, with your problems today? You know, they, if you have your Bibles, you can look at Luke chapter 24. I, I'll be there in just a little while. If, if, if you know your Bible, in the Old Testament, they prophesied the Christ was coming. The Jews were anticipating for centuries, actually for thousands of years, the prophecies had come, a Christ is coming, a Messiah, the one is coming, the one is coming from heaven to save mankind, to eradicate all the, the, the sin and death and destruction in the world. He's coming. He's coming. They were anticipating. The Jews were waiting for his coming. Then one day a man comes, and he comes preaching, and he comes with power, and he says, I'm not the one. They were so hungry, they thought John the Baptist was the one. John the Baptist was not the one. John the Baptist says, I'm not the one. The one that you're looking for is coming, though. He's coming after me, who I'm not even worthy to unlatch his shoelaces. But the Jews were so hungry, so in anticipation. He's coming. He's coming to save us. They looked at the world. They saw from the beginning the curse that has covered the entire earth and the destruction that sin has caused in the world, the power that the devil has had in the earth. And they were so hungry to be delivered Finally, he comes. He comes. He comes that day in the, in the Jordan River to be baptized. And he's baptized and the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. The anointing and the power of God is on him. From that day forth, he continues to preach the word of God, the gospel of the kingdom, to perform signs and wonders and miracles, demonstrating that God was with him. That he was the Christ. The Christ means the anointed one. The anointed one. Anointed, anointed means uh, to be immersed in the power of God's Holy Spirit. He is the one that, that has the power of the Holy Spirit to save humanity. And so Jesus preaches the gospel. He starts gathering the disciples. And the disciples knew this is the Christ he is the one. He is the Son of God. Hallelujah. He's come to save us. He's come to deliver us from our enemies. <laughs> and then one day he's captured. One day he's beaten. He's tortured. He's bloody. He's bruised. And the disciples were thrown into confusion. Hold on. What's going on? He's being 
beaten with a cat of nine tails. The flesh is being ripped off his back. There's blood flowing from his head as the crown of thorns is placed on him. Men are mocking him. But I thought he was the Christ. What is he doing allowing this to happen? I, I thought he was the Holy One. He's the Anointed One. What is going on? All their hopes seem to be dashed to pieces. Maybe you're in a desperate situation in your life and, and there seems there's no hope. There's no way out. All you can see is despair. And that's what it seemed like for the moment. Jesus is beaten. He, he, he carried the, the cross to the hill of Golgotha. He's nailed to, in his hands, in his feet. He's, he's put on the cross between two thieves. He's given vinegar to drink. He's mocked. He's spit upon. His beard is plucked. The whole nation of Israel, the one he's coming to save, the, the Christ that they're looking for, they're mocking him. They're doing the opposite of what they should be doing. They should be reveling that the Christ has come, and what do they do? They crucify the Christ. This is the exact opposite of the narrative that they were expecting. The, the narrative was the Christ is coming to save us, and the disciples had to be looking at this going, this is not going right. He's coming to save us, and Israel is crucifying the Christ. This is way off, right? But then that day came. Three days later, resurrection day came, and it all became clear. Hallelujah. The power of God resurrected this man from the dead. Hallelujah. And we know he was exalted to the right hand of the Father in heaven. And he sits in that place for now and forever in that place at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Mediating on behalf of you and behalf of me. His blood was shed. See, the disciples didn't understand that he had come the first time to be slain, to be a lamb, to be slaughtered. That was totally beyond their mind. That, that destroyed their, their understanding of, the, of what Christ had come to do. They thought he was coming to deliver them from the Romans who had oppressed them. And they had been, been severely oppressed. <laughs> But no, he delivered them from something far more severe, and that is sin. The sin nature that we all have a problem with, that all of humanity has a problem with. We have to understand the seriousness of sin. That's why we see the problems in the world. It's because of sin. Sin is extremely serious. The Bible talks about its universality, that it is all men that have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And also in Romans 6.23, the, the consequence, the wages of sin is death. You know, there's, we, we live in, in a horrible world where there's real pain, real suffering. How can this man that we're going to read about here in just a moment, how can what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago deal with the world that we see around us today with the real problems that you may be facing. Maybe you're in a crisis right now. You feel hopeless. How can a Jesus resurrected 2,000 years ago help you today? That's what we're going to get into today. Let's, let's go ahead and read the resurrection story, and we're going to read uh, Luke's version, chapter 24. Now, upon the first day of the week, 
Very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices with, which with they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away, hallelujah, from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found no, uh, not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Praise God. He's alive. Verse 6, He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of the sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Hallelujah. A crucified Christ. How can he change the world? How can he change us? You know, people are, are dealing with, with uh, addictions in this world. They're real problems. They, they're addicted to uh, the drugs and alcohol and, and pornography and all kinds of filth. An addiction is, is like something else that's in control of your life. You want to do the right thing, but you can't. You want to stop doing something but you can. It's like something or someone else is in control of you. That's not freedom. That's the definition of slavery and bondage. Sin is slavery. Sin is a bondage. It is, it is be because of what happened in that garden 2,000 years ago, every man has sinned and every man has that sin nature, a bondage where he, he must sin. He, 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 he enjoys some sin. He enjoys sin, but at the same time see that it's destroying his life and he can't even stop it. You talk about being in a desperate situation. It's, it's, a, it's a continual cycle of sin and destruction. And so you see that the sin is destroying your life and you say, well, I'm going to stop. And the moment you say, I'm going to stop, you end up doing it again. And you, it destroys you again. Then you say, I'm going to stop. Then you do it again. And then you realize, after a few thousand times, this thing ain't stopping. It never ends. Woe is me. See, when we understand the seriousness of sin, we, we understand how important and what the need is for a Savior. So w w this is why we can't allow, in the modern day, the churches stop talking about sin. If you, don't, if you don't understand the seriousness of sin, you don't actually need the Savior. Why would you need a Savior? You're good on your own, right? And that's, that's kind of what you get from some of the modern-day churches and preachers. We have to understand that sin destroys. Sin brings you into that vortex of, of a cycle of sin, destruction, sin, destruction, death. The wages of sin is death. That's eternal death, eternal separation from God. God saw us in this situation saw us in a place where we couldn't even help ourselves. We couldn't stop ourselves. Sin is addictive. We couldn't even help ourselves, and God knew that. And God saw, because he knew he had to judge every single sin. Just one sin has the wage of eternal damnation and death, ultimately in that place called the lake of fire, where man never dies. He lives forever. God made a way so that not one man had to go to that horrible, awful place. 
every man could be saved. Every man could be rescued because he knew that man, man couldn't save himself. So, of course, he brought us the sinless Lamb of God who was pure, who was clean, who was holy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we live in a world where we see all kinds of, of, of because of man's nature, man's nature to destroy himself. He destroys himself with his own decisions and actions. He destroys other people. You know, there, there's, you know, we see the violence in the world today. We see the destruction in the world. We see the wars and, and all the chaos, the, the addictions. We see uh, people abusing one another, even abusing children, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. People are in all kinds of trouble. People are losing their, their homes. They have financial crisis. They have all kinds of issues in their life. How can Jesus help us today? He's, he's not just a historical figure. He's, he's not just a, a good man a long time ago that we tell stories about. He's someone that is real today. He can help you today. I had a, when I was a, a teenager, I first really started to understand the message of, of, of Jesus and the cross and when I was a teenager. And I had an atheist. He was my boss. He was the boss at the first job I had. I was a, a bait boy. I used to get bait for fishermen. And, and so he was an atheist. And, and he was basically like, you know, I was, I was real excited about my faith. I had just really got a revelation. You know, I'd been in church all my life, but I didn't really get it until I became a teenager. And so he says, you know, you're just a Christian. You, you, beside, you decided to become a Christian because you wanted to feel better about dying in the afterlife, you know. But I'm like, no. Number one, I was only a teenager. I didn't even think about dying. <laughs> you know, that was way down the road. I didn't even think about that. No, I, I was excited because I saw the change that Jesus could bring in my life today. He's not a God that, that just gives you a, a, a future hope of heaven, and that's it. You have to live in a miserable life until you get to that day. That is great. Thank God for heaven. Thank God for an eternity where I can be with God and, and go to heaven and have a, a, a new life, a new, new body, and never die, and so forth. That's, that's all awesome. Re, reunited with, with uh, loved ones that have lost and gone on before me, that's, that's all great stuff. But that's not why I became a Christian. That's, that's a part of it. But the real reason is because I, I needed a change in my life. I saw I was messed up, and I couldn't stop doing what I was doing. I needed some help. I was destroying my life. If it wasn't for God and Jesus Christ, I would be dead. God saved me. God rescued me in a very literal way. It's, it's, it's not, this, you know, why, you know, why this religion? You know, all the religions prom promise some kind of, of, of uh, benefit, right? Uh, uh, maybe it's a type of heaven or a type of nirvana, you know, you got Buddhists who, you reach nirvana if you just release and stop desiring, and you got Hinduism where you worship millions of gods, and you got Islam and, and Mormonism and Christian science and, and Jehovah's Witnesses and all these cults and so forth, and, and, and none of them deal with the root of the problem. None of them deal with sin. None of them deal with the sin nature. 
They don't believe that Jesus physically died on that cross for the sins of the world. Died, took the, the full punishment of sin upon himself, and rose again the third day bodily. They'll believe parts of that, but none of them believe the entire story. That, that, the, the entire story is that he took your sins upon that cross, died and rose again the third day. That is the gospel. See, the, the resurrection tells us that the sacrifice was acceptable to God. The work was done on that cross, and that resurrection is the evidence. The sacrifice has been accepted. He was pure. He was holy. And because of his holiness, he was resurrected. And this is it, that now his righteousness and his holiness becomes yours. We become a new creature. We, we were dead in sin, spiritually speaking. We were dead, separated from God. But now in Christ, there's a resurrection that takes place. You become an entirely new creation in your heart, in your spirit. So that sin nature, hallelujah, and the sin is dealt with on that cross, praise God. We, we see so much destruction in this world, and the world will tell you, you know, they want you to rely on really the government. You know, the government needs to make more laws. We see, you know, people violence with guns, so we need to make more gun laws. And we see opioid crisis, so we need to make more laws concerning drugs. We see so much violence, we need to... Laws aren't the problem. Laws, uh, let me say this, laws are not the solution. <laughs> laws are not the solution because laws don't fix a man's nature. They don't change a man's nature. So no matter how many more gun laws you throw out, drug laws or violence or whatever, that doesn't fix the, the root of the problem. None of the religions fix the root of the problem. Man has a sin problem. Man needs to hear the good news that Jesus died on that cross for our sins. Some people say, you know, if man just had more, more money, if the, if the economy would just get fixed, that would do it. But that ain't going to help a man's nature. You give a drug addict more money, what's going to happen? It's going to get worse. You're going to empower him more to continue in the sin more. That's the economy. And money is not the answer. More laws are not the answer. Man doesn't have a solution. You know, because, because of World War, World War I, World War II, Nazis and Hitler and that crazy guy, they're like, you know what, we need to get all the nations united together. And if all the nations just come together, we can stop war. The United Nations cannot stop war. Why? Because you can't stop men from wanting what other men want, what, what other men have. You can't stop men from hating one another. That's a nature problem. That's a sin nature problem. You know, a, there, I like to talk about the difference between a dog and a pig. A pig's nature is to go wallow in that mud. You can chain it up away from the mud. It still has that nature. You let that chain go, and he's going to run right to the mud. It enjoys, it loves the mud. 
That's its nature. It has a nature. Just like sinners have a nature to sin. They can't help it. Even if they see it's destroying them and hurting other people that they don't want to do, they just can't help themselves. They live in it. But then there's, there's the cat. That's a whole different nature. It never wants to go in the mud, right? And you can go throw it in the mud. What's it going to do? It's going to get out of that mud as fast as it can. It's, its nature is to stay away from the mud. And its nature is going to be to clean itself off. What we need, what mankind needs, is a new nature. Hallelujah. And there's only Jesus that can give it to us. Only Jesus can give us the salvation. I'm not talking about out in the future. I'm talking about right now today. He's a living Jesus who deals with real problems. He's a real Jesus for today. What is sin? Sin is defined as the transgression of the law. In 1 John 3, 4, it says, Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law. For, the, for sin is the transgression of the law. As I said, all men have sinned. We're all in the same boat. All men have come short of the glory of God, and all men have died spiritually. All men need a Savior. All men need Jesus Christ. All men need that day in their life, and this could be that day for you. If you're hearing me today, over the webcast, or in the house, and you don't know Jesus Christ, you need a resurrection day in your life. A day where there's power, resurrection power. There was enough power in Jesus' resurrection to resurrect all men from the dead, spiritually and physically. There is coming, for those that believe, a resurrection physically, where Christ Jesus is coming again, this time not as a lamb, but as a lion, to save us, to resurrect those that believe. Hallelujah. There's enough power in his resurrection to change you today. If you don't know him, today can be your resurrection day. It wasn't just about a man 2,000 years ago, a historical figure. This is what can change. See, what our, our problems, I've, I've learned in my own life, you know, I, I got born again at a fairly young age, and my life has, since I've been born again, has been, it's been awesome. I'm not saying I don't have any problems, but my life, I know if I would have continued in sin, I, I would be dead. At worst, at, at best, I would be all messed up in all kinds of drugs and bondages and uh, all kinds of addictions. I, I see the people in the world and my heart just breaks. People are, are, are just messed up. I mean, really, really messed up and in, in great pain and, and great suffering. And it, and it just breaks my heart. You remember where you came from, from the gutter and from the ditch that you came from. And how God changed your life. I remember how he changed my life. He gave me a new nature. Most of the problems that man has in his life, all of the destruction is, is due, to, due to his own choices, his own decisions, most of the time. I know that because when my life changed in Christ Jesus, my decisions changed. 
and all this junk from the world fell away. Now I have joy. I don't have hopelessness and despair. I have genuine joy every day I wake up. It's real. It's not some kind of psychology. There's been a real change in my heart. And when I have problems, we all have problems, I can still have joy. I can still have peace. Something can hit my life. A crisis can hit my, my home or my family, my body, my whatever it is. And I still can have some joy. I, I can still have some peace. I still have the peace of God in my heart that passes all understanding. When, when the world is falling apart around me, I, I know a thousand shall fall by my side and, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. It will not come near me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have a hope. I have something now that the sinner doesn't have, and that's a power source in me. That not only now do I not desire sin in my heart, I have a power source that keeps me from it. Glory to God. Remember, as a sinner, you couldn't help yourself. Now I can. Now I can see. That's a destructive behavior I'm going to stop, and by the power of God, I do. He helps me every day. I ain't got it all done. You know, when you first get born again, God will deliver you from some big, big stuff like that. Just instantly then there's other stuff that's not like that that's going to take some time and so that keeps me on my face dependent on god saying just on my face humble and saying god i can't do this i still need your help today i need your help every day and i stay on my face i never get lifted up in pride because i know without jesus i'm nothing without jesus i can't do it i can't do anything Glory to God. Jesus deserves the glory. He is a real Savior who deals with real problems in our life today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We, we have a living God. A living Savior. Praise God. He's seated at the right hand of God on high, mediating on your behalf. If you don't know him, you need to know him. He is a personal savior. He didn't just save good people. He saved the, the worst, rankest sinner there is. And if you think that's you, he had you in mind. He's reaching out to you even right now through this word, through this wonderful gospel that I'm preaching. Praise God. Saying, come, come, come up here. Be with me. Be delivered from these bondages that you find yourself in. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the musicians to come back. Our God is a living God. He's a real God that deals with real problems in this world today. We see suffering all around us. You have suffering in your life Call upon the name of the Lord. Realize I am a sinner and I need to be saved. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. There's no other religion that can help you. There's no laws of men that can help you. No government that can help you. Nothing you can rely on. You can't rely on yourself. 
You can't rely on other men. You can't rely on a government. You can't rely on anything except Christ alone. Don't reject him. You say, well, some people think, you know, they're Christians just because maybe they were brought up in a Christian home. They think, a lot of Americans think they're Christians just because they're Americans. Yeah, I'm a Christian. You know, our politicians all the time, they all say they're, they're Christians, except a few nowadays. But anyway, it's, it's just tradition that they say they're Christians, but many of them are not. You're not a Christian just because you're an American. You're not a Christian just because you believe that Jesus existed. You're not even a Christian because you believe he, he died on that cross. People say, all you got to do is, is say the prayer. It's more than just saying a prayer. It's accepting what Christ did on that cross for yourself personally. He died for me. He took my sins, the punishment of my sin on that cross, and now I can be born again. That's what born again is, is believing it was for you. Your life, you give Jesus your everything, which is nothing but sin, really. You put it on that cross. He took the punishment. Hallelujah. And now you can be a child of God, a son of God. God raises you from the muck and the mire and seats you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He makes you a, a priest, a king, a son of God of God he makes you righteous and holy he does the work people try to say well I'm, I'm gonna try to be a good person then I'll go to church I'm gonna try to be a good person then I'll accept Jesus you'll never make it you, the fish don't get clean outside of the boat they get clean in the boat you got to get in first and then God cleans you up hallelujah I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I want to pray. In your own heart, I want you to examine yourself. Answer the question, if I were to die today, would I make it to heaven? If you're unsure, I want you to be sure. If I were to die today, where would I go? Would I go to hell? If you've sinned, the answer is yes. But today can be your resurrection day. Today can be that day where sin is destroyed in your life. And the sin nature has no more power over you. The addictions can be broken. The bondages can be broken over your life because of a resurrected Lord. If anybody here today has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior personally, has not given their life over to Jesus completely. If you're not sure if you die today, you would go to heaven. I want you to raise your hand and say, I want to be saved today. Anybody in the house, anybody on the webcast, you can write us, call us. And call. We can't save you. The church can't save you. A pastor, a preacher can't save you. 
Jesus saves you. Call on the name of Jesus right now. Say, Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. I hand my whole life over to you right now. I want to be a complete follower of Jesus Christ. I need a new nature. I need to be delivered from the power of sin and destruction that I've chosen. I call on Jesus today. Save me today. Help me today. And He will. If you meant that prayer from your heart, right now you've become born again, as the Bible says. You've become a Christian, a believer in Christ. You've been given the Holy Spirit of God, and you've been given a new nature that now hates sin. Hallelujah. You've been given power to be released from sin. Glory to God. If you've done that today, I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to I meet you. Call us if you're on the webcast. Write to us. Let us know this was your resurrection day. Praise God. Hallelujah. Those that do believe, I want to encourage you this morning. A resurrected Jesus is living in you. Resurrection power is in you right now to deliver you every single day. Call on Him. Humble yourself before Him. And let Him work in your life. Amen? Praise the name of Jesus. Let's give Him glory this morning. Amen?